the piece about AI that is most interesting as we get ready to think about it in the workforce is AI is often only as good as the prompts that are entered into it. It gathers information and then there's refinement. And the people who really understand that or take time to grow their skills in that, well, they're gonna be the winners in these situations for changing because not only their ability to do that, but their ability to articulate that in an interview makes them super valuable to a company as companies start to explore using AI. That's Jody McPherson, CEO and co-founder at WorkSimpler. For more than 30 years, she's helped students learn and thrive in the college readiness space. In 2021, she created WorkSimpler, a business fulfillment platform harnessing the skills of students to help businesses get entry-level work done with ease. You are listening to Dear Human Resources, and I'm your host, Marilyn Germain. In this episode, Jody talks about the impact of artificial intelligence on entry-level jobs. Good to have you on the show, Jody. Yeah, thank you for having me. So artificial intelligence, in short, AI, refers to computers or computer-controlled machines that can simulate human intelligence in a variety of ways. These machines range from a laptop or a cell phone to computer-controlled robotics. Software programs which give directions to control the behavior of the machine are specialized to mimic human intelligence and capabilities. The coupling of hardware and software brings about artificial intelligence. And AI is being used in multiple ways in today's workforces, often focusing on the integration of human thought and innovation with the patterns AI can find within large amounts of data. So Jody, how is artificial intelligence currently impacting entry-level jobs? First off, there's a wide range of AI, you know, and I think if you talk to people about the impact on jobs, you're going to hear different perspectives. Some people will say it's going to replace jobs. It is replacing jobs. Others will say it is augmenting work that needs to be done. And so I just want to start by pointing out it is a range and we're it's not going away. And we're in a generation where we are all going to learn a lot more about how AI will impact jobs for entry-level jobs in particular which are largely knowledge-based jobs around data, research, organization, and fundamental skills for any industry. What we see AI doing more of is augmenting the work, not necessarily replacing it. And in a way that allows people to develop efficiencies. So for example, data scraping is a good example of artificial intelligence. And in data scraping, you're trying to get large volumes of information that you can use for some analysis or some decision-making in a business. The challenge with data scraping, even with AI, is accuracy, right? So there's still a need for a human point of contact, even at the entry level and leveraging AI tools for efficiencies. It just shifts the nature of the work. So you could prompt AI to generate some results and at the back end, a human is still going to need to go in there and refine those results to make sure they're accurate in a way that makes sense to the business organization that's trying to utilize them. You mentioned the replacement or supplement of work. Do you think AI will replace or supplement the work or will jobs be lost 
or added? What are your thoughts? I think there's probably a couple things. You know, first off, I think AI is a little more expensive than people realize if you think about using it. And I also think that with the lack of pure accuracy all the time, there is some risk associated with it. But that said, there are examples of new jobs that it could create and also a shift in jobs, right? Where maybe higher paid jobs become lower paid entry-level jobs and require refinement and cleanup of efforts of AI. And then there's also situations where AI could potentially completely replace a job or a sub role of a job, but not the entire job. So one of the things I think you'll see as a result is people with AI specialties being able to work in freelance capacities for companies to help them leverage it. Right now, I think it's too soon to tell how much it will replace outright, but I think supplementing work to be done and shifting the nature of the requirements for any given job role is, it's absolutely going to happen in entry-level work. And like I said, some of the higher paid jobs, some of the roles that people may have played in those may be served up to lower paid jobs, you know, for refinement and cleanup, leveraging AI tools as they get more sophisticated. So your company, Work Simpler, focuses on college students. I have a question about that. How will AI impact students entering the workforce? You know, students have an interesting take on AI because many of them are using chat GPT, some well, some not well in completing their coursework. And in some respects, artificial intelligence is simply a new user interface, right? That 18 to 27 year olds, that's what they know. And so I think you're going to see students enter the workplace, particularly in entry-level knowledge-based jobs with an understanding of some of the tools, but not an understanding of how to contextualize results for their company, their industry, and so forth. But I think they're going to come at it from a different perspective because that's all they've ever known, right? So an 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old graduating high school is very familiar with ChatGPT, but they may not know how to apply it in a way that is purposeful. And so an, an example of that is you know, just because someone can, for example, design a great Canva presentation using the AI tool does not mean that they're going to maybe choose the right talk track or points of emphasis. So there's still work to be done. But from a tool perspective, I think you're going to see students come in with more efficiencies and understanding and less fear of it, right? They're not going to think any different because it's what they've known to get through school. So is that what you mean by students using it well or not so well? Yeah, I think some students uh, use it well when they think of it like a tool, you know, like any tool, whether it's a hammer and nail, the more that you understand the context of what you're building and why you're doing it, the stronger your use case is. So for example, if I'm a student and I'm using it for my summary of data points or to put together a paper, it may be a very good starting point, but it's not my end point. So somebody using it well would give it an A plus for starting with the right prompts and then refine that work to submit. An example of somebody maybe using it not so well is someone who just asked ChatGPT to create their essay and submits it without even reviewing, right? Then they're not necessarily thinking about the context or the results. And I think that knowledge-based workers are often entry-level workers, knowledge-based, charged with getting volumes of information. And then as they get more experience in the industry or the company applying it, I think that's AI can accelerate that and students still have to develop skills of refinement and synthesis and so forth. Even if ChatGPT, just as an example, 
puts out an essay that's a thousand words and you're a student who needs to synthesize that and get it down to 500 words, that's a real skill set to be able to do that. And so somebody who uses AI well is leveraging the tool to do what it can to get them started and get some efficiencies, gather information, and then still has to do some work. And somebody who's not using it efficiently is thinking that AI is going to solve all their problems and save them hundreds of hours when they still have to do some work to make it valuable. So how do you suggest we prepare students and those changing careers as well in the new future of work and perhaps even a remote environment? I think there's a couple of ways that we can prepare students and career changers. I think one is to not be afraid of AI, you know, to look at it as a tool and and not fear that it's going to replace the work that you've done. I think that's a big challenge with technology as a whole is the fear of getting replaced. I think the other piece is to help people, students or career changers understand the best tools for what they're trying to do. There are a lot of AI tools out there. So what's the best one? to use for your intended outcome for your industry or your business. So that takes some knowledge of different tools. And I think finally, the piece about AI that is most interesting as we get ready to think about it in the workforce is AI is often only as good as the prompts that are entered into it. Get the prompts, it gathers information, and then there's refinement. And the people who really understand that or take time to grow their skills in that, well, they're going to be the winners in these situations for changing because not only their ability to do that, but their ability to articulate that in an interview makes them super valuable to a company as companies start to explore using AI. I was just talking to a company yesterday where this came up and this company has been around 40 years. They're doing very well. And I said, well, why are you looking at AI now? And, and they said, we can't afford not to. You know, So now they're looking for people who bring that to the table. But keep in mind, the existing company base doesn't have that AI knowledge. So the other piece of this in understanding refinement is understanding the benefit to each stakeholder within a company, external to a company, and how some type of AI could support business growth. You just mentioned AI tools. What do you think are the top AI tools to consider leveraging? There are a number of them. I think you see, we see people leveraging things like fireflies for recording meetings and being able to get transcripts that are summarized. So if you remember, I don't know if you remember the cliff notes used to summarize a book. So if you didn't want to read the whole book, you right. could cliff notes, which gave you the gist of it. And uh, a tool like fireflies does that very well, right? It gives you a synthesis. It gives you the full transcript, but it allows you to miss a meeting and get the idea of it, or to be able to summarize a meeting very quickly for stakeholders. There are other tools such as Beautiful AI and Canva just introduced their AI tooling presentations. I think that's going to be a really big one that people use, which is how do we design presentations and design both content and visuals to support what we're trying to do? And that's an area where I think AI can really help a lot. You know, you don't have to have a background in graphic design or design overall, but you do have to have your thoughts back to the prompts, you know, articulated well, and then AI can help you design a narrative around that. So I think you're going to see AI tools like that, which are more the day-to-day -day AI tools. And then yeah. I think you'll see a growth in AI tools around parsing data. Octoparse is a good example of that. There are many others where they scrape 
the internet for data to ZoomInfo uses data parsing tools and to get large volumes of data, there's still going to be when it's regarding data, a need for refinement and cleanup. And then of course, as you get into technology and automation, AI's ability, if you watch any sports, last night was football, they can showcase all sorts of statistics around an athlete's performance to improve performance. And I think that becomes very visible for people in a non-threatening way, but I think that's going to happen as well with HR, right? Which is how do I, particularly in a remote world, how do I understand performance indicators for the people in my organization from a remote setting and as it pertains to my key performance indicators in my industry. So think about what's happening in the athletic world and the information and details around health. The healthcare field is another one where uh, a great AI tool is uh, atrial fibrillation tool, which is a heart monitoring program you can use on your phone. It can tell if you're in a different rhythm with your heart, which allows you not to have to go to the doctor right away to do that, but to actually get some of this information with your phone without headache, and then bring that to the doctor's office to begin a diagnosis. So to me, AI is about accelerating and advancing things first before it begins replacing everything. By the way, you mentioned beautiful.ai. I've been using it for a couple of years. I love it. It's such a more dynamic way of presenting content compared to PowerPoint or very flat platforms. This podcast is about HR professionals, so I've got to ask you a question about that. Do you have any advice for HR professionals? You know, I've been spending a lot of time uh, with HR professionals, with talent organizations. I think there's a couple areas where I would look for AI. I'm not a huge fan of applicant tracking systems as they exist right now, but I think there's growth that can happen with recruitment and screening. The reason I'm not a huge fan of applicant tracking systems is I don't think they get to the human side of people. They really tend to look for, as you know, keywords and searches. And that is okay, except it is completely dependent on the quality of the job post to make that match. And so I think if AI can help both the job posters and hiring managers and HR's responsibility to craft really strong job descriptions that have skills and the type of work to be done in a fashion that aligns with these applicant tracking systems, I think we're going to get better candidates to talk to. And then I think there's the other side of performance, day-to-day performance that if as part of training in HR, really, you know, I just did a training with my sales team about how to leverage Fireflies, for example, which is a note taker. And if you don't spend time training on AI tools, they just become a part of your tech stack, but you're not really leveraging them to gain any efficiencies. And something like a Fireflies or a beautiful AI, to your point, if you're in a sales role, and if I'm an HR person and I've got to rehire salespeople, I want to make sure that they understand the tools and that I make training available if there's tools that my company's paid for so that people know how to use them. And I think an example of that that's recent is when when Salesforce and some of the CRMs or customer relationship managers became popular, if you don't use it for what it's intended, it becomes more of a burden and a time suck, right? It becomes harder and takes more time away from the key tasks that an associate in a company should do. So I think from an HR perspective, it's really understanding your technologies and the training needs and then figuring out a way to measure performance against those, whether it's the amount of time something is used, whether it's self-reflection from 
uh, employees on a regular cadence that gives you insight to where they're struggling because a tool is only as good as the person behind it. So that's going to require HR probably to have to develop their own set of knowledge around different tools to make recommendations for companies based on the job roles and job descriptions. And there's two things that I would say when I worked at a large company, you know, HR had a very different role at a company of 20,000 people versus an HR at a company of 100 or less. And so I think depending on the size of your organization and the role that you play, if it's talent recruitment, there's focus points there. And if it's performance and engagement, there's focus points there. You know, if you have a rich package, for example, to encourage people to apply and when you hire, I would, as an HR professional, really want to know how much are people taking advantage of the different things that we offer, right? So there's some analysis that HR can leverage AI to do, as well as, you know, some indicators around engagement and performance metrics that are a little bit different than just have you achieved your sales goals, but more on how much time are you spending in documentation, which you and I both know is a headache for a lot of people in jobs, and yet AI could really impact documentation. When I introduced you at the beginning of the podcast, Jody, I said you were the CEO and co-founder of WorkSimpler. Can you tell us in a nutshell what you do? My co-founder and I founded WorkSimpler. It's a business fulfillment platform, and it basically started with matching students to paid remote work opportunities with companies in a part-time or gig capacity. And what it's evolved into is a platform that end-to-end allows companies to hire freelance students very quickly. And instead of having to monitor their performance, the platform monitors that. For companies, this helps them save time and money because hiring freelancers sounds easy, but executing against getting the work done is very hard. And for students, you know, students often face this quandary, which is they need experience to get experience. So you see them often take jobs that are not paid and are supposed to get them experience. Well, we want to fix that. We want students to get a paid livable wage. And part of what we do in addition to monitoring their work is help them develop skills in self-management, self-efficacy, communication, learning how to work remotely. And so that's what our platform does. So both parties, instead of just getting matched, actually really get to operationalize their skills, their value, get paid and get things done more efficiently. So is the platform free for potential applicants? Yeah, it's free for students and schools. We don't want them having to pay anything. And for businesses, we worked really hard to keep the cost around what it would cost to get a freelancer or to make a temporary hire. And the win for them is they just don't have the headache of having to scope and document the work, which is something the platform does in an automated fashion, leveraging AI to carve out the details of the work to be done. And they don't have to monitor, also leveraging AI to monitor for quality in an iterative fashion so that they don't hire someone and get to the end and realize they didn't get what they wanted. And so that's in a variety of industries. In other words, let me give you an example. I'm a professor in a master in HR program. And so most of our students are employed, but some of them are doing a career transition And Mm -hmm. they are trying to land a gig in consulting with HR. And so is that something that they could go on your website and create a profile? Okay. Okay. Exactly. And you know, what's interesting, just one more point on the recommendations for HR. And I was just talking to a company yesterday about this. In my opinion, you know, and I'm, I'm just over 50, 
a lot of times HR, a lot of the way to recruit talent and to think about helping a business solve its problem is is now not about always full-time hiring. It's about outsourcing, freelancing. So I would encourage HR professionals to get more comfortable with the outsourced freelance world in general, right? And the pros and cons of it, the risks of it, because it can be de-risked if you think about it. And I think that as an HR professional, I'm also always looking for my talent pipeline. So I have about four full-time students working for us. And when you find talent, you know, in a pipeline of talent, it really helps you engage in a longer plan for hiring talent and bringing that talent along with you. So there are some things that are changing in our world from the full-time hire that could really impact a company's efficiencies and in a company's ability to recruit and interest, uh, you know, consulting freelance talent, which to your point, students are interested in. Very interesting. I, I learned quite a bit. Uh, during this podcast here. Thank you for your insights, Jody. It was really fun and very informative to have you on the show. Well, I appreciate it. I love sharing these insights. You know, our core mission and my core mission is to pay it forward. We've had a lot of good experiences. I've had, I personally have an 18 and 21 year old who are entering this future of work is here and they're entering it. And so I really appreciate the opportunity to give back and share and, and hopefully some of the, uh, the points, you know, will inspire someone to take a look at some things. And of course, you know, always, you can reach out to me at any time, you know, for any other thoughts on it. Support for this show comes from Western Carolina University, a campus of the University of North Carolina system with the technical assistance of Kelly Menace.